What is going on? This is Michael Hacker with the Hacker Outdoors podcast. Joey is joining us today from the sunny but cold Myrtle Beach as I'm stuck here in the frigid north. Today is a new format as we're trying to keep the recordings to approximately 40 minutes or less for quick listens two times a week. We hope you enjoy. So, so Joe, down in Myrtle Beach, man, so you're going to do some fishing this week? Yeah, I'm going to head out tomorrow, do some bank fishing. Um, Thursday, we're going out in the bass boat. Um, we have low tide pretty much all morning Thursday from about 7 a.m. till it hits dead low tide around 2. So Thursday is going to be the best day, tide-wise and weather-wise. Um, I was going to try to get out today, but it was just way too cold. Which usually doesn't happen down here that it's that cold. Well, I was out in this frigid frigidness we were having earlier. <laughs> it was, oh, yeah. Um, it just, my eyelids were freezing up or my guides were freezing up. I had just chunks of ice hanging off of them. I, I took a video. I'm, I'm in the process of uploading it to the YouTube channel. Um, aptly tited, titled, Why Do I Always Get Skunked When I'm Filming? Because I always tend to get skunked <laughs> when I have my camera on, right? <laughs> Um, yeah, that, that's. Yeah, I don't blame you for not being out there this morning. Um, Donna told me I was well, uh, I, getting out there because it was it was I, cold. I would have went out, but the thing is, the guys, the people down here don't like cold weather. So, um, the one guy I fished with was like, "Yeah, there's no way we're fishing tomorrow. It's supposed to be twenty something in the morning." He's like, "There's no way I'm going out." Yeah. So, I, I can't say I don't blame him. Um, they don't usually get that cold of weather down here so that this is you know this is kind of off for them well they're saying it's, down, it's this, this is cold down, right? it's cold I, I think in florida they're getting a little bit of a cold snap too if i'm not mistaken i think so it's weird because you know i'm in myrtle um the north myrtle, myrtle area i guess technically what it is and my buddy's down in charleston which is 70 miles from here for me and yesterday it was 60 here and it was 72 at where he was so it's weird but it was cold down there too today but yeah they're um getting a cold snap yeah so you're going to be targeting smallmouth or largemouth largemouth yep you're going to get some of those monster uh florida florida hybrids yeah they have the they have the florida strains Okay. Um, and, and they get huge. I mean, there's some big ones. Um, my buddy Brennan had a just a small comp on what day was that? I think Saturday, like a small club tournament on the Cooper River, and uh, he caught some big ones, big ones. Um, the guy I'm going out with on Thursday was telling me the temperature in the river is still in the low 60s, so that that's. That's prime time right there for down here. Jeez. So oh, that's awesome. So what have you been doing down there? You you sent some pictures about some lights in the sky. Yeah, just just hanging out right now, you know. Came down to the warmth. So when did we leave? I think we left Saturday morning. Um, got down here Saturday afternoon. Saturday night, you know, I don't know if people know this. Myrtle Beach uh, is a hot spot for UFO sightings. So Saturday night, I was out in the balcony, just enjoying the nice weather, overlooking the beach. And sure enough, there was uh, 
some crazy light show going on in the sky that was not uh, normal. Um, out at sea, I mean, I don't know if there was a possibly a military vessel out there, but way out at sea, you could see something on the water and you could see these things, light shooting out of it. And in the sky, there were these lights that were vertical flashing back and forth each other and moving left, right, up and down. Uh, well, I didn't I, catch some video not, of it. Not that I didn't believe you, but I, I went on Google and I was searching. Um, let me see if I can pull it up. It's uh, Myrtle Beach UFOs. And there was an article, and actually you sent it back to me as well, that three, Hori, uh, how are you say it, Horry County cities among top yeah, 10 County. for most UFO sightings. Um, yeah. But yeah. there are, I was shocked at how many UFO encounters there are all over Myrtle Beach um, and I guess South Carolina in general. That's that's nuts. And, and I yeah. think it's perfect timing, right? I, I saw this week that Obama revealed that he um, saw truth about aliens and UFOs while in office and confirmed that, you know, he did have discussions about it. Um, he would, of course, would not say whether or not they were real, but um, he did acknowledge that he sought after some information on that. And then literally, I think it was yesterday, if not the day before, um, aliens in hiding until mankind is ready, ex-Israeli spacehead says. Like, that's from the New York Post. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, well, the thing is, what I saw Saturday night, that that's not the first time. You know, I've been coming down here for years and years and years and years. And two years ago, my daughter and I were out the beach late at night and saw the same type of thing. So Saturday night when I saw it, you know, I'm staying at my mother's place and her husband and her are down here too. And I wanted to wake them up to, to show them, but they were asleep. Well, the next day I showed my stepfather and he said, he said that he saw the same thing the night before. And then um, when we went out on the balcony Sunday night, they were there again. This the strangest thing. So I mean, Camp Lejeune is not too far from here, so that's a possibility. But they Aren't definitely you? weren't normal planes. Well, isn't the Bermuda Triangle right off the coast there? I think so. Yeah. Um, not far. Which is always weird when you think of that, right? Like you, when you were a kid and you heard about the Bermuda Triangle, you thought that it was going to have a much bigger role in your life as an adult. <laughs> and in long while we haven't heard about it in, in a long long time right um yeah that's crazy yeah I, I i don't know i mean we we saw the international space station what was that last night or the night before you're i think it's going to pass over you tomorrow night and tomorrow yeah you're on on well, thursday i'm telling you these things were were not you know planes no sound they were vertical so there was a there was a white light up top and then there was a red light at the bottom and the one was it would stay steady and and then randomly blink and then it would move it would move literally left right up down like moving in directions a plane wouldn't move and there was no noise dead silent and they make it even better in one of the videos i have below it when it would flash there was these two other things that would flash back to it then they would only flash back when the lights on the other one would flash it was bizarre hmm. very crazy not saying you know 
it's aliens or anything because like i said you know camp lejeune is not too far from here right so i mean it could definitely be some type of military thing but well that's i mean it's unidentified flying object it right necessarily mean it's alien but um i mean we've caught a fair share of that up you know all up and down the eastern seaboard here and you know i i remember vividly geez going back about a decade ago living in east rutherford new jersey where the you know giant stadium is or whatever the heck it's called now and um i was outside with my dog and it was pitch black out it's one of those really dark nights where the moon has already set and i saw this thing moving across the sky and it was it was maybe about this time of year but it was just after a snow so you had a lot of moisture in the air and the the air was acting as like a magnifying glass for the stars. So you could see a heck of a lot more stars and a lot more things going on um, above us. And it turns out that I saw the International Space Station, but because of this effect, this like magnification effect, you could see the, um, the arms of the International Space Station sticking out. And wow. I mean, it, obviously it wasn't like it was super close, but you could make it out with your naked eye this the international space station flying over um but i you know we you have many a lot a lot of stories um around here and i think rogan was talking about it on one of the podcasts that actually like weehawk in new jersey is one of the hot spots for ufo sightings yeah it was for like last year i do remember hearing that last year they had this huge influx there and i think also in um brooklyn um some t- some town in brooklyn like a hipster spot i forget what it was called oh you know william william was it williamsburg williams. yeah i think williamsburg was on there too huh. but yeah i pulled that article up about the horry county so number one on the list go figure is gila ben arizona which is right by area 51 hmm. um number two is houston british columbia and lo and behold number three is south carolina surfside beach which is Myrtle Beach, then you know you got Sedona, Arizona, Sonora, California, and then Myrtle Beach at six, um, and then ninth is North Myrtle, which is pretty crazy. Um, wow. They actually had like one of those shows, you know, you see on the Travel Channel, you know, like Great Mysteries, down here about all the influx of UFO sightings. You know, but I, I think there's a lot of people seen like with Lejeune being so close and there's other um, military installments around here too probably a lot of it's that but you know there's also a thing called um uh, the Seneca sounds that happened down here the what is it Seneca like Seneca New York Seneca sounds so basically there's these loud they sound like explosions and, and there's no reason for them. They're called the Seneca Sounds. Well, I saw something on YouTube a while ago, and I don't think it's that, but there's, um, it was like, I want to call them angel sounds because it's like, it sounds like angels singing or, you know, playing. Oh, no, excuse me. It's called Seneca Guns, the Seneca Gun Syndrome. Yeah, Seneca Guns. Oh, I just Googled it. There we go. Mystery Boom, Seneca Guns, and Earthquake. So we get them here, um, but it would, there's a very good reason as to why we get them here, right? You have, um, you know, Picatinny Arsenal is not too far up here in Morris County, and then you also have, um, you also have a couple quarries that are just up and down the river, so it just echoes and reverberates off the the walls of the the almost like a canyon effect. Yeah. Right on the river. 
Um, but that's something that's completely different. It looks like in just this quick article. It's that's very interesting. Which is is a stretch of clothes from a doubter banks down to here. They have all these weird phenomena. And the Seneca guns are just these loud, you know, there, there's news stories on them of just happening in like one town where it shakes the windows and breaks windows. There's just these loud, loud booms. Unexplained. Now, I, now I've been down here when a sonic booms happen with, with planes flying by, and they'll announce on the news when that, you know, when that's the case, the military will say, yeah, you know, that was us. But apparently with these Seneca guns, they just, these loud explosion type sounds happen and, and will rock just individual towns and there's no explanation. Yeah, I'm on, I'm on this website, islandlifenc.com, and it says, well, not unique to the Carolina coast, the Seneca guns are certainly most common along our shores. The Seneca guns are loud, booming noises, mostly described as sounding like thunder or a cannon being shot and can feel like a small earthquake on land. To date, there are no scientific explanations for the phenomenon. While many theories exist, none have been definitely proven. Not even the name itself can be confirmed. The name is claimed to be Seneca attributed to both Seneca Lake and upstate New York, where the sounds are often heard, or from a Civil War battle in Seneca, Georgia, where the sounds mimic the booms of the cannon fire. Well, it's yep. So it's kind of weird how that all wraps back, isn't it? Yeah, that's super, super strange. Um, because I remember being a child, you know, being up there, like Seneca, and they talked about that stuff. The ghost, you know, they'd hear the ghost thunder cannons and blah, blah, blah. And then when we came down here years ago, hearing people talking about Seneca guns, it was kind of bizarre. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at the ocean right now. Actually, pretty good surf. <laughs> well, we'll talk to Brian about that on mm -hmm. Friday when we have him on, or Thursday when we have him on. Um, the surf, right? Hey, I have never been to Myrtle Beach. Um, I always have this image of eastbound and down. I don't know if you ever saw that with Kenny Powers. I have, yeah. <laughs> um, so I have a friend who's actually talking about moving down to Myrtle, um, or maybe Charleston. He's not 100% sure which one he's moving to yet, but um, it looks beautiful, man. I, I well, it's 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 a uh... The whole grandstands, I mean, it's miles and miles. I think grandstands over 60 miles long. So there is the downtown area of Myrtle Beach, which is, eh. But outside of that, north and south is absolutely beautiful. <laughs> the more north and south you go, it's gorgeous. Um, this time of year, there's nobody down here. And it stays warm for the most part, you know, throughout the winter. Yeah, are you gonna it's go really to? Nice. Are you gonna go see uh, Doc Antle over at the? What is it? The Myrtle <laughs> Beach. <laughs> Talk about Joe Exotic. Yes, yes, maybe, maybe. Well, they actually have a lag. What's it? A liger down here, so you can go see. Well, that's yeah, Doc Antle, man. He. Um, yeah, they're at Barefoot Landing. That's crazy. I don't know. I'd, yep. I'd like to see a, a liger. I think we've seen it once with like. So we, this place down here called Bare, Barefoot Landing, and it's like a tourist attraction. It's really neat to have all these shops and it's around a, like a lake. It's all these boardwalks, you walk to different shops. And on the one side, they have their display set up with you know, big glass enclosures. And sometimes they'll have the liger out there to try to get people to go visit their, their location. I, th I think we've seen it once. 
do you i have a i don't know i have a hard time with that right like these animals in captivity especially when they're being utilized like that i, I think that for zoos i think it's kind of important right like you get a an understanding of, of wildlife but um, I, I will say this that place there it, it it looks it is very nice that it looks like a legitimate zoo see i like you that know. then i when i was in egypt um we were coming back from um geez i'm trying to remember if it was saqqara or um if we were coming back from giza itself and we stopped and we were you know stopped at a little hookah bar to get some tea or coffee or whatever and use the restroom and right there outside of this restaurant this guy had a tiger like a legit like tiger cub oh wow like maybe five foot long sitting on his lap and it was obvious that this thing was not well taken care of it was obvious yeah. that this thing was drugged up and you had these hordes of tourists from all over the world just going up to this tiger and petting it and like asking to hold it and it was it was heartbreaking to see man like you just I don't know, like that, that stuff I'm not cool with. I, I, so I remember um, in Mexico, you know, driving through Mexico, going to one of the Mayan ruins, you would drive to these towns and they would have the monkeys on chains in the trees for like tourist attractions like that. That, that was really sad to see. But um, the place down here, believe it or not, I mean, it is very, very nice. Um, looks like a nice zoo. The, the, the enclosure spacious, plenty of room for the animals and they all look well taken care of you know it, it's not one of those backwood places you see you know like what like you're describing in egypt so you know but seeing stuff like that too it, i mean it is heartbreaking to me when you see that but it that's not the case down here yeah. well and then like surprisingly like at the pyramids of giza you know we went camel riding um and the camels looked all incredibly well taken care of you know they didn't have a spot on them they were well cleaned obviously they were well fed they were fat um and i mean that was good to see because you hear horror stories about people going to these places anywhere on vacation and you go horseback riding or whatever and you look at these animals and just see that they're um emaciated and obviously not taken care of at all um and i think if you get into a situation like that when you're traveling and you just you, you happen to cross an animal that's not being taken care of. I mean, you do not start throwing a hissy fit. I mean, you especially if you're not in America because you're not going to be treated the same. Um, you just don't engage with that. You don't give them their money. And if you're with people, please, you know, tell them to do the same. Don't, you know, do not give money to these people because it's just going to continue to perpetrate this um cycle of, of abuse for these poor animals um, as long as the tourists are willing to take pictures with them they're gonna continue to have these animals i think it's yeah no i agree oh. yeah but it's a shame because you also know i mean on the flip side if you're not you know taking pictures and you're not giving them money to do these things with these animals then what are they doing with the animal if they can if it's not you know being fed now when they have income coming in what are they going to do when they don't have income right yeah Ah, shame. Yeah, exactly. Like I said, in Mexico, that was a sad sight to see um, when you were driving through there. And seeing the Mex you know, seeing the, the monkeys chained to the tree, and that was really sad to see. But uh, down here, for the most part, I haven't ran across anything like that. You know, I'll send you the link to the place where I was talking about it. It's, it will actually surprise you how nice it is. And, uh, well put together. 
Yeah, I gotta, I gotta check it out. And like I said, it's been on our list to get down there. I think, um, I think Don <laughs> both really enjoy the Carolinas in general, but um, I don't know. We're Northerners. Oh, dude, uh, North Myrtle, South Myrtle, um, the Southern Outer Banks. Um, my mother has a piece of property they're, they're starting to build a house on, um, on the Emerald Island. That that's just absolutely gorgeous. It's like nothing you would expect to see on the East Coast, especially this, you know, the Southern Outer Banks, um, because they, they did a really great job of preserving the the natural um, environment. So it, it, you know, you're seeing these beaches in their natural state. It's it's beautiful. Um, yeah, that's a huge problem here, right? Like um, where we live, that beaches aren't preserved like they should be, right? Like yeah. you have all these issues for a few years here. There's a town down the shore in uh, Deal. They were trying to block parking access and surfers were having a conniption fit. And it's a pretty affluent town. Um, but you know, I remember, you know, we never went to the Jersey Shore growing up. We went up to Cape Cod. We went up to Rhode Island where we had family. And, you know, like these are just large, in some cases, uninhabited um, swaths of beach for miles and miles and miles and you don't really get that here in new jersey i mean you have sandy hook you have you know some parts of island beach state park you have um of course um there's a small portion of uh, of uh I, I believe it's wildwood um that are all preserves in some way shape or form but you know most of the towns are developed you have to pay to get on there's a yeah. lot of access issues um and you don't really think of it as that. I mean, this, the surfing community really stepped up and, and fought the township of Deal for trying to change the parking regulations there um, because it, it really came across as they were trying to keep it just for locals only. And I get it. It's a problem when you have people coming from all over the place. I know it's not always ideal if you have a multi-million dollar house on the beach and you don't want people from all over the state well, I, beyond coming. But I, I, I mean, I, so, so where um, my mother and stepfather bought this beachfront property is where they're going to retire. It's it's it's, it's the southern outer banks, um, Cataract County. You know, it's this island. It's not very long, and it faces south on the Atlantic. Um, actually, at the one end of the island is, is Fort Macon from the Civil War, and then at the other end is they call it um, Emerald Beach. So you got like Emerald Beach, Indian Beach, a couple other names. But it, you know, I took a friend down there once and she was only used to seeing the beaches of Ocean City, you know, Jersey. And, and she couldn't believe what she was seeing with like the mangrove trees and, and, and just the dunes, the dunes down there, what they look like and all the wildlife in there. It's, it's, it's crazy to see. And they do a really good job for the most part in the Outer Banks, keeping that that way. Um, it's just gorgeous and she couldn't believe it she's like what are these trees how do they get here you know like well huh like this isn't the beach i'm like it is right yeah i wore my this grandfather would look like if it wasn't developed yeah. you know I, I would wonder i would love to know what um it would look like here in jersey if that if, if it wasn't developed actually um you know we'll probably talk to brian about this a little bit um later this week and as we're winding down here i think this is a good place to to end um, you know, like Captain Kidd was a New Yorker, um, famous pirate, right? We'll talk a little bit about that later this week. Um, but Captain Kidd, 
was wanted. He was a, a privateer turned pirate, supposedly, allegedly, and he was, um, he, when he came back and got arrested, the treasure that he had stolen and all this money that he had stolen had gone missing. So the th working theory is is that he was dropping off caches of, of money and, and, you know, gold and everything else that he's been stealing up and down the coast. So there was a, I believe it's Gardner Island in Long Island, and then he came around and apparently spent some time off the coast of New Jersey. So the one of the running theories is is that the part of his treasure is buried somewhere on the Jersey coast, and well, it could still be there because you know, they found Blackbeard's ship right by uh, you know in Beaufort, North Carolina, which is not far at all from Indian Beach, and you know those are the waters Blackbeard were in. People think pirates; they think down the Caribbean a lot, but a lot of time they were. Up here and up by you too, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I think you can. I, I think they're going to start having like taking people out to dive on Blackbeard ship. I think. Don't quote me on that one. I could be very wrong on that. But they discovered that not too long ago, um, just yeah. off the coast from where my, you know, the beach house is going to be, and right in the town of Beaufort. I mean, it's pretty crazy when you think of it. Yeah, I, that's um subset of, of outdoor life that always intrigues me right is treasure yeah. hunters and you know finding pirate treasure and all these i mean just think of all the ships that were lost off the coast here you know prior to the united states being the united states when we we're just colonies and oh, yeah. just the vastness of the ocean and um there's places down by my grandfather's house down in florida that they would have gold coins wash up constantly um so the, you know there's treasure well, that would be great yeah that would be really cool oh it's still out there I mean, especially if you ever look at a steam map of all the shipwrecks off the Carolina coast or South, it's insane when you start looking at them. Insane how many there was. Yeah, I'll have to do that. Um, well, Joe, let's let's especially wrap Especially around like the Indian Beach area of tons. All right. Hey, brother, uh, and, uh, and we'll touch base. We'll, we'll have Brian on Thursday. We'll have Brian on Thursday trying to shoot to yeah, record in the evening. So we'll get that up and on everyone's radar on uh, Friday morning per usual. Um, guys, if you enjoyed what you heard here today, you know, please go ahead and subscribe. Um, please give us a like, a comment on any platform that you do listen to, and we thank you for checking us out. And, and Joe, always a good conversation. Please, uh, good luck fishing. Knock it dead. Always good. So I got it all dialed in for Thursday, guys. Don't worry. So awesome. the, the internet's a little tricky down here, but I found the perfect spot. So thank you, guys. And we'll awesome. talk to you soon. Thank you, Joe. Take care. All right, buddy. All right. See you, man. All right, so that was the Hacker Outdoors podcast with Joey McCormick. If you liked what you heard, please give us a rating on whatever platform you are listening to or watching this on. Please check out the show notes below for some links about the topics we discussed today. So I thank you all for listening, and I hope you have a great weekend, and we'll talk again next week. Take care.